Welcome to the Property Experts Podcast, where you'll find open conversations, no bullshit attitudes, and deep dive insights from award-winning property developers and business owners, Ben Richards and Jack Jiggins. Together, they've delivered over 40 million in gross development value over the last five years and have a pipeline of over 25 million to deliver in the next 18 months. They've built numerous other seven-figure businesses with six-figure net profits around their property ecosystem, and it's by no means been an easy ride. So on this podcast, they'll share their weekly trials and tribulations running multiple businesses, giving you never before seen insights into the inner workings of finding, funding, designing, delivering, and selling award-winning property deals, together with golden nuggets of advice through the five key areas of any business, marketing, sales, operations, finance, and talent. If you're a young entrepreneur looking to get started or have a small team, but you're looking to scale your business to the next level, this is the No Bullshit Podcast for you. Hello, everyone. It's us again every week on a Friday. So you have joined in if you are tuning in on any of our channels, predominantly on YouTube, but also our social medias. We are the founders of four companies, uh, which you can see in front of you. So you've got myself, Jack Jiggins, and Ben Richards as well. The purpose of these lives every week is to run through the highs and lows, challenges and tips that we can share that we've encountered in our businesses to give you a bit of a snapshot of what our businesses do. Ben founded an award-winning architectural practice based in Clapham, South London. Quite an extensive team now, I believe 14 or 15 in the team in that business. Yep. Um, they're dealing with a lot of sales, marketing, obviously operations to get that where that is. We founded a property development business which now annualizes about £40 million worth of development per year from scratch five years ago together. Um, we also uh, built and have, have been building a surveying business, which has been running just under three years in concept. We've now got three surveyors in-house and deliver anywhere between 10 to 25 surveys per month. And then I also run a property investment business with my brother called Rob Jiggins, where we buy, refurbish and refinance HMOs and we do flips as well. So quite a broad spectrum of businesses there, all in property and construction because that's what we love. And the purpose of these lives is to share what we've been up to over the week across the businesses, share some top tips and learnings. There's some really good top tips in today's session with reference to sealed bids, with reference to assisted sales, how to support valuations to make sure you get the right values, so on and so forth. So stay tuned, ask questions. The whole point of this is so that you can do a Q&A during uh, the live, but also afterwards. Um, and make sure you subscribe um, so that you get a notification every time a video goes up on our channel. Yeah, we will comment and, you know, we are looking for comments so that next week we can talk through, you know, some of the comments that we get after the fact when the video goes live the week before. So, yeah, do get your comments in because we would love to kind of get some insight into what your burning questions are and issues that you're having within your own business um, so we can hopefully help you address them and how we've maybe addressed them in our business. So, yeah, as Jack said, some really exciting stuff to talk about from a property perspective this week. We're going to be talking about some investor meetings where we um, are on the hunt for about £2.8 million. Um, Jack's going to be talking about an offer that we've made via a sealed bids process. The valuation on our biggest deal to date has just taken place. Um, so we want to talk through the benefits of having a really robust valuation deck to aid a Rick surveyor in hopefully guiding him to a value that is you know, in line with what our expectations are. Not always easy. We're going to be looking at some of the prop tech that we've been discussing, 
talking about some of our business coaching and mentoring that we've been doing over the last couple of months, giving you an insight into the latest uh, landscaping and um, works that have gone on in our Sunset Court development, which is 95% complete. Jack's going to be talking about a couple of projects that he's buying through Central Suites um, and how assisted sales work. We're going to be talking about filling the business box and progress on tenants within that space, and then uh, looking at our XP newsletter. So do stay tuned to the end. It's probably worthwhile jumping in for listeners. We held a competition um, a couple of weeks ago where we offered that Ben and I would do an hour consultancy for free for someone that shared our post, this so this live, and we've um, organized a time to... Um, actually carry that uh, one-hour consultation to look at the business, projects, whatever it may be, to hopefully add some insights. That's booked in for this Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, um, which Ben and I are excited to um, do. But we do give back, and, and you know we haven't got to where we are by um, not um, working with people that were ahead of us in our game or even level uh, just to get a second opinion. So do make sure you get interactive with these lives because we're, we're open to giveaways and, and bringing ideas in. Good stuff. Do you want to to have a chat about our investor meetings? I realised I've spelled investor wrong, which is yeah, I did just change that, but you obviously crystallised it before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so investor meetings. So we've got a video on YouTube about the chicken and the egg scenario: what comes first, the deal or the investment? We are strong believers that the deal should come first, but the the investment dating we like to call it should always be going on in the background. We work with high net worths family offices um, and, uh, you know, corporate or ex-corporate people to ins- to work with us. We bring the- we bring everything. So we find the project, structure it, get it agreed in legals. We then work with investors who want that sort of service where we bring everything else. And we've been challenged with two projects that we're buying, one's in North London, one's in Oxfordshire and Tame, uh, with two quite big ticket items for us. We actually did some analysis on our total book to date uh, pre these two two big deals, and our average investment to date has been three hundred thousand um, pounds. I think that's across about fifty to fifty five investments. The majority of those paid back. The, the others are, are in progress or or kept and retained um, on a uh, investment model. But from that analysis, we're obviously stepping up our game in terms of what we're raising and the deals that we're doing. And there's many reasons behind that, but we've been working on our process of how we raise that capital investment. Uh, you know, I, I, it's a bit of a dark art. It's a combination with numbers, consistency, uh, and also, you know, how you manage the people that might be interested in investing in you. And all we try to do in our approach is have a very open book, honest and frank um, proposal at the beginning. All of our investors throughout all of our projects have a live link to our Excel and cash flows as we run through the project. Shock, horror, things go wrong in development. And in our opinion, every time something goes wrong, it gives you the opportunity to prove why you're that person to overcome those problems. So yeah, we've been um, we've been doing the rounds over the last few weeks to close those investments. We, we believe that we're pretty much closed them in principle. Um, it's never done until the money's uh, in the solicitor's account, but we've uh, yeah we've been working on that process. I'd love to hear if anyone out there has got a specific uh, process because I'm quite a process-driven person. 
Um, and at the moment, we're feeding off a fairly elaborate um, Excel sheet that we work through, but there's a lot of time that has to go into that. And there's one thing that in all business that, that should be treasured the most, and that's the business service time. So if there's any way we could get more efficient or share what we're doing, we'd be more than happy to. So that's the raising investment. So hopefully by next week, we'll have more of an update on them closing. So stay tuned. And if there's any comments about how to raise investment finance, in actual fact, that's probably the most common question I get asked off Instagram, believe it or not. I don't know about you, Ben, how to raise investor finance. Um, and to give people out there a bit of a snippet and, and a tip is we started small. We started with deals that we could do with our own money or family and friends' money. It's a lot easier. They do already trust you. We didn't have a proven track record. We're now starting to see the benefits of having a track record. But in that stage, we started a small proven model with our own capital in most cases uh, or family and friends model on smaller, quicker turnaround, less risky uh, projects. When I say less risky, I'm talking about the financial burden risk. Uh, it's easier to swallow if something goes wrong. And we've scaled that up because we are very comfortable in the construction place and obviously with Ben's background in design. So we know that we're more comfortable delivering those bigger schemes um, which is why we scaled up. Any comments on raising finance, Ben? Yeah, I actually had a conversation this week with Catherine, you may be listening, but um, she she sometimes didn't know where to start or didn't feel like sort of clear imposter syndrome, I would say, kind of about raising, you know, big ticket items in terms of equity. And I, I sort of said, certainly when you start out, you feel like because it's like the investment that you need into your scheme to kind of make, get, the ball, get the ball moving, that kind of the investment, you know, her mindset was kind of the investor has all the all the sort of power and all the the key to unlocking um you know her future and the reality is that it takes two like it takes the deal and it takes the investment like you're offering with a solid deal for that investment partner is what they're looking for to place and deploy their their cash and their money so i think certainly when you're starting out in property you, you often have that imposter syndrome of why would they invest with me and you know i looked over their development um, appraisal deck and their, you know, their, their spreadsheets and you know, everything that I saw was was really good stuff that they should really be proud of to kind of present to other people and say, look, I know what I'm doing. You know, there's no reason why you shouldn't invest in this project. It's got a great return. You know, we've done our due diligence and just having kind of confidence in that process. So yeah, it is a difficult thing to do. I think if you do have a good deal, you will always find investment for it. But make sure that you're speaking to as many people about what you do as possible because you actually never know where the investment might come from. And we've had plenty of conversations where we're just dropping something into to conversation. And actually, I know someone that's looking to you know, invest in that area or know someone that could help you. So um, yeah, never be too shy to kind of say what you're up to and what you're looking for. Cool. On to the bank. So yeah, so we XP viewed a pretty significantly sized bank in a quite a local area because it's still technically on market and I don't want to um, jinx it. I won't tell you exactly where it is, but I will certainly tell you if we're successful or not and at that point. Um, but the, 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 the process to this bank was sealed bids and I think there's a lot to be learned um, in the process for sealed bids. And I actually wrote an article on this, which is on our website, um, on how to be competitive when bidding. Go ahead and read that article. I think there's 10 or 12 tips in there for bidding processing. But to give you a bit of a snippet, because you're here today, when you are going into sealed bids, you're technically going in blind. We viewed the bank and it was guided at £725,000. When I viewed it, the particular agent selling it said that every bank they've sold, this particular bank, has sold above asking. Um, now, that doesn't really give me too much of an indication. So... I want to make sure we're competitive and also have that competitive advantage. 
yeah, that's the one there. 10 uh, property bidding tips. There you go. In this actual article, I talk about a couple of tricks that you can do to help you be more competitive. Obviously, one of the most important things is making sure you've got a comprehensive bidding pack. Um, and that bidding pack represents everything that the Met they may or will need to know. Um, but a couple of tips in terms of sealed bidding, which this one's more specifically focused on, is we always do a really irregular number so that if we are around the same region as someone else, we haven't rounded it to lose out on that bid and we sort of get a, a I know it's a small win, but we might get a little bit of a win. So for an example, if it's guided at 725 and we know that bids go in excess of asking, rather than bidding 750, if that's what we're comfortable with, we will bid 756. That What that means is if someone else bids 750, we're not joint highest bidder, we are highest bidder. And that's £6,000 um, I believe the scheme's about two and a half million GDV scheme isn't really going to move the needle at the back end. So it's being bold enough to get that competitive advantage. Second top tip for, for sealed bids, um, because we were going in above guide and because that, that's what we, you know, we only bid on what our spreadsheet or what we believe something's worth to us. Make sure that's really important on your own merits. Don't follow anyone else's lead or get tied into a bidding war or even in auctions. Stick to your own numbers, and they're the things that should do the talking. Um, but once you get comfortable with your numbers, sometimes you might think you're overpaying, especially if it's sealed bids, than what other bidders might be bidding. So five to ten minutes before, well, in actual fact, you can do it sort of half an hour before the sealed bid deadline, I will call the agent, break a bit of rapport, call him and say that I'm calling to introduce our business in this particular instance, I said it's really local. We're a local business and we've got a great track record for proceedability. We buy four, an asset every four weeks. Do a bit of a sales pitch on why you should win this building and get them comfortable with who you are because in a minute they're going to see your bidding process and your, your offer letter. And then I then, once report is sort of built, I then go, it would be really useful if you could just give us a rough guide on where you think this might come in at and because <coughs> we're fine-tuning the numbers as we speak. And with that, you might get a golden nugget of information that might make you raise your bid or be a bit, little bit more aggressive or even better, reduce your bid because you might have overcooked that value of the pack. So what I mean by that is let's say we were comfortable with 750 and it's guided at 725 and the agent that showed us around said that offers nearly go in excess of what they guide at. But for one, some irregular reason, this building might not exceed guide. If they think around guide is about right, then you might not have to be as aggressive to go in at 750, saving you and increasing your profit margin. So that five-minute phone call can save you fortunes. So that's exactly what we did. And in some cases, you get a lot of feedback and a lot of help. Uh, they can't obviously reveal the other bids because it's sealed bids. They might be able to give you an indication of how to be competitive. That's how I phrase it. Um, so little tip there for you guys when you're going into sealed bids. Any other questions, read that article or send me a message. If you're excited by some of the property developments or investments that we talk about on this show and want to know more about investing £100,000 or more with XP, email info at xpproperty.co.uk to set up a call with one of our team. We can discuss our open investment opportunities and provide you with our track record details showing with complete transparency our historic performance project by project and how you could be part of our growing pipeline of developments. Nice, good stuff. And then third point today, we have, um, like I mentioned earlier, have a valuation on our biggest ticket item to date. And we wanted to discuss briefly the importance of having a good valuation deck. So what do we mean by that? It's basically 
a package of information that is going to help speed up the um, Rick Surveyor's job and give him, hopefully, information that he would have spent otherwise, you know, a couple of hours getting. Um, but you're kind of spoon feeding him the information that you want him to see or her in terms of the key benefits and pros to your your development or investment. This is an example of a valuation deck that we provided to the surveyor for the project we built in uh, bought in January called the Old Maltings in South Oxfordshire in Abingdon, and you know it basically summarises some of the key financials, um, some photos and sort of history on the site, typical kind of commercial valuations of what's going on nearby, residential valuations, a quick introduction into into our sort of proposals for the scheme some pricing from local agents if you've already got that so they've got you know some clear and up-to-date comparisons from from local agents in the area and what else have we got here yeah um, i think it's worth pointing out on those residential comparables because if if anyone out there has been in the world of valuations the word downval is is a very topical word and um, those two estate agents that we approached pre-valuation know our products know what we do priced it accordingly because they know we go to a decent spec and a decent finish and are very proactive in this particular area. And that held us, that really held us in in weight. When we were buying this site, we had pound square foot values at 450, 475, which was sort of the market going rate. Um, they actually, both agents came in above 500 pounds square foot, which anchored us to, to do what we needed to do. We didn't necessarily need to leverage it all the way up to that, but it gave us that flexibility, which you, you will need that buffer um, it's always good to get an overvaluation and lower gearing than it is higher gearing, lower valuation. So that's what we're trying to position here. Yeah. So just to finish up on the valuation, we've just we go into a little bit of detail about who we are, some example products that we've created previously. Again, so the the value has got good insight in his mind in terms of what the end product is going to look like, and it just it gives you just a bit more credibility. So. Yeah, that's the the sort of benefits behind valuation decks. We feel like everyone should be doing them to give uh, yourself the best chance of not getting that that down vowel that Jack's talking about. Prop tech. Yeah, I'm happy to go on this one. So, um, prop tech is is so for anyone out there not using prop tech. Prop tech is basically technology that brings all of the information you may need into one portal or interface. So picture it like a booking.com. It brings in all the hotels and the room rates and everything all in one platform, and it makes it a lot easier to analyze projects and, and variables. We have used multiple prop techs. We've used Nimbus, Landtech, Adland, Searchland, Property Data, um, CoStar. We've, we've pretty much been around the shops. And the reason we do that is to keep competitive advantage. We're currently using and subscribed to Adland, Searchland, and Property Data. And they, we, we feel we get really good value off those. But the reason that I'm talking about prop tech today is because we always try new tech. We don't think that you can log into something and use it for five years straight. Always be looking at what other companies are doing um, and what other tech might benefit your business best. Remember, you might be their target client, but you, that might not be best for your business. So we've, um, we met Adland at the Property Investor Show last week. He's given us a free trial to give it a go. Um, similar story to what happened with Searchland. We were one of their very, very early adopters. Big shout out to Searchland. We think they're great. But we also use, um, as mentioned, other techs. So just make you think about what techs you use. I'll be keen to see some comments and what you use and what value you get from it. Um, but we love prop data for really short, sharp looks on sites. 
because um, it's a really easy interface. It's really cheap, so logins are really easy to distribute across the team. Searchland goes to a lot more detail, like Landtech or Nimbus does, uh, and performs you know more land-led stuff, sending letters in the platform, overlaying constraints, finding sites, creating lists of building sizes and EPCN rating and vacant buildings. Um, and Searchland's much more better for, for sort of direct-to-vendor mailing and campaigning. But I'll be keen to hear what other people use. We're, we're constantly trying new things. We normally have about two or three on the go at any given time. It's currently three, but, but um, yeah, open to other feedback. I know we're actually using probably the underdogs at the moment with Searchland, um, Adland, and, and PropData. Good stuff. Business coaching and, and mentoring. I wanted to quickly touch on this in terms of Jack and I have had, you know, Jack's been doing a couple of mentoring sessions, sort of funding and finding and structuring kind of deals over the last probably year with various people. And about a month ago, we were sort of talking and we'd never really solidified what we offer to people. So yeah, about three weeks ago, I built a very quick kind of web page that just kind of got down on paper, the types of things that we can offer, a little bit of history in terms of who we are and what we've done and how we can help. And it's actually been amazing even since just building that page and directing people to it, the amount of inquiries that we've now got coming through the door for even our biggest packages, where it's kind of a whole morning with Jack and I kind of building a business plan and um, sitting down for four hours, really kind of taking the bonnet off of your businesses and you know piecing them back together and figuring out the best way forward for you. I've got a, an architect friend that has recently got back in touch after about three years to say, you know, he's been building his architectural practice, but he wants to get more into development. And, you know, having seen what what we've built over the last five years, wants a bit of an insight into to that and see how he can do the same thing. So you know, we're starting to agree a you know, hourly rate kind of consultancy on that basis. And Jack and I love doing this. You know, it's it's fun. You know, it's it's really kind of enjoyable to you know, take something you've never seen before, try and figure out the best ways forward and piecing together the, the pros and cons and what's going well, what's not going well, what can be improved upon. And really helping to kind of guide people to the next steps that they're looking for. You know, we've still got a long way to go and we learn a lot from from other people. But there's also a lot of people just starting out that, you know, have seen what we've done over the last five years and would love to be where we are now. So it's great for us to try and give back to to, to those people and try and try and help them any way we can. So if you're interested in that, um, yeah, do go to xpproperty.co.uk. There's a page on there where you can sort of see what we offer and how we might be able to help you um, if it's just a, you know, 20 minute intro um intro call to understand if it's a good fit happily get on a call to do that um, and see if we can be of any help cool number six sunset court we will be finished very very soon i just wanted to give people an update on the landscaping because the paving is 90 percent complete now i'd say and um, you can see the red parking bays marked out there which look great um, we've got a lot of the the planting shrubbery and all the sort of iron railings and brick boundary treatments installed and um, we will be relaunching to the sales market very soon with some brand spanking new brochures. And uh, hopefully that instigates um, a few sales to start coming coming through the door. Um, we're going to be working with Oliver James of Property Branding. And yeah, hopefully next week we'll have a draft sales brochure, brochure to discuss with you guys and, and show and uh, get a bit of feedback on. So really looking forward to that. And um, the other thing that we've been doing this week on Sunset Court is snagging. So the internal works are, you know, well progressed now, pretty much finished. So we're at the point of now um, going in and and picking things apart. So Tom's been in there this week, walking around with a fine tooth comb and magnifying glass, looking for 
things that need amending. He's got his blue tape out. All, all of this blue tape is basically him saying there's something wrong here or there's some paintwork that needs touching up or there's some skirting missing here or, you know, all of these types of things. If you've not gone through the snagging process, you know, you need to be very thorough and make sure that your contractor is delivering on their on what they said they would and delivering it to a high standard. So yeah, this is the technique that we use, basically walking around with some tape, plotting everything in a PDF to send across for them to action and just work their, work their way through this list. So yeah, a good 24 pages of snagging items definitely isn't the longest snagging list I've seen, um, but definitely isn't the shortest. But um, yeah, we're really excited to see these come over the line. It is looking fantastic. And uh, yeah, I really hope that sales start coming through the door once we get more viewings. Good. Um, just before we go into the point seven, Ben, we got a question on YouTube, which is great. And thanks for asking the question, Jason. So you've mentioned, do we have any packages from how we go about investment? So I'll briefly explain between you guys, uh, but well, to you guys, our sort of packages and how we work, but we definitely do it in a more sort of personalized way and would rather get someone on a Zoom call and share a bit more about business or even make meet face-to-face if logistically that's straightforward um, but we predominantly have two ways of working with investment all of its projects based so we get the projects first we secure it it's off market it's in legals with us um, we've already done our due diligence and run all of our numbers and have a financial cash flow and forecast for how the scheme is going to be run that's run between our team with our technical project manager Quantus Fair, ben myself and maybe even uh, our financial advisor or broker um, but the two different types of investment we tend to do, one is equity and one is a loan. Um, so if you like the look of the project and you want to get involved, that you can see that working with us has benefit. The capital comes in and it can come in two formats on a fixed loan basis. So that it goes into the limited company that's doing the scheme that's ring-fenced and the investment gets paid back at the end of the scheme uh, on a fixed loan rate. Or you could come on on a more enterprising Sort of venture where it's an, an equity piece where you get a share of the profit subject to how much capital goes in from that party. That's a brief explanation to hopefully help people out that understand the two different types of investment that we do. Some investors prefer uh, straight loans, some prefer equity, some prefer a blend of the two. It all depends on your particular scenario. Um, but Jason, I'd recommend if you want to know any more, we'll take this chat offline and I can do a one-to-one or Ben and I can do a one-to-one with you to explain in more detail, but good question. Yeah, if you want to email info at xpproperty.co.uk, we will pick that up and, and get back to you and uh, probably have a Zoom call to discuss a bit further. Hopefully I can get the, there you go, there's the details on the screen. Would I get your attention if I said we're buying two houses in Oxfordshire for £8,000? True story. So this project on the left is two rent-to-rent houses that myself and my brother took on to support a local rugby club. So they're basically two full-bed HMOs. We would, it's, a, it's a new area for us. This is in China. And we uh, were basically proving the concept in that area. So we took on two rents rents on a contract. The vendor turned around after two years and said, would you like to buy them off me? We managed to agree a price. Because we were in contracts and because we've got a good relationship with the owner, we, we agree a value that was less than what they were worth because we were saving the agent's fee and the hassle of finding buyers and viewings, etc. And what we managed to agree with the bank, and this is possible, if you don't think it's possible, let us introduce you to a broker that can do this. You can actually borrow from banks on its value, not the purchase price. 
And what that enables you to do is stretch your capital further. I know, obviously, we're now talking about leverage and where people want to sit from a comfortability perspective, but we are going to turn these uh, you know, properties around uh, and refinance them very quickly. So the, the loan to value is on a short-term mortgage. So to give you a bit of an example, you know, let's say you're buying something with, a, with an embedded discount of £50,000. Um, rather than valuing on the now purchase price, you can actually borrow against the end value. And as a result, we've also agreed vendor finance. So to buy these two houses, I was sent a completion statement, and it's not a lot of capital that we have to put in to buy these properties. So if you are looking at buying something that you believe is below market value or you want to buy something and you haven't got a massive deposit, try and find something below market value, agree a deal with a bank where they land on on market value, do a valuation deck, like we said earlier in the call, and make sure you get that value up to leverage up. And that is how you can get into the buy select and property sector of the market, or maybe even your first house, whatever it may be, with a very low deposit. Very good. Banger. One to assisted sales. So we did discuss last week about assisted sales, so I won't go into too much detail about this. But to summarize it for those of you that haven't heard it, it's basically if you're trying to buy a property, you face stamp duty costs, legal costs, acquisition costs, and then you obviously then have the, the other costs such as refurbishment. So I'm talking about the, the non-hard costs that you actually get a benefit back on. Um, so an assisted sale negates you having to buy the property. You agree a strike value with the vendor. You do the works and you sell it. So you don't actually ever own the property. You're just basically like a consultant, but it's a joint venture. The way that the profit works is you take the gross development value or the end value minus the strike value that you agreed to pay them, minus the build costs or refurbishment costs, and then there's a profit margin which is split 50-50 for the vendor. So you're not trying to beat up the vendor on their price because you've got all these acquisition costs that are lost not on value of the asset, um, and you're working together get to get true value. And just to come on and say this week that we've secured another one, which is actually a two-bedroom flat. Believe it or not, I met the owner in a pub um, and he told me that he's got a flat that he wants to sell and it's in pretty bad condition. Well, I like to go and have a look at it. So I suppose a, a tip there is tell everyone what you do and you might get more coming to you or drink more. Uh, I, I definitely would prefer the latter. And if you can manage to agree these deals, they're very low uh, investment at the front on your grand scheme of things. So the block on the bottom right is the flat uh, that, that, that we're going to be taking on. We're going to relocate the kitchen. So it's going to be a three bedroom. The existing setup is one bathroom. We're going to convert it to two. So we're going to take its gross development value to the existing about 380 to probably about 480. We're in quite good capital value areas here in Headley on Thames. Nice local project. We'll probably spend about 40K on it. And there's going to be about 30K. So we're, we're probably talking um, you know, similar numbers to this one. So if we look into the detail of this particular scheme, we put in 27,000 for seven months and get 26 back on top of our construction costs. And it will be similar sort of markup and margin. So we're aiming for you know, almost a 100% ROI within, within a seven-month period. So nothing to be sniffed at and really good if you're trying to get into property or do a first deal in, in property. Good stuff. Cool. The business box. Um, won't spend too long on this. Um, we've got seven offices, which are this building um, that you can see on the screen. And we have filled three of the seven units and are trying to let out the remaining space. Uh, good news this week is that we've secured a, a new tenant for this ground floor unit on the right hand side as I go down the stairs. And that is a great success. So where we've had a number of viewings recently, 
Um, the office market does seem to be picking up a little bit, but it's great to get four of the seven now out the door. I can't really understand why anyone wouldn't want to work here. I think it's fantastic. Um, there's shower facilities, uh, toilets downstairs, little kitchenette for, for everyone to share up on the top floor, ranging from 350 to 550 square feet. So sort of six person to you know, 10, 12 person desk spaces. Um, if you are near Reading, Along the M4 corridor, this is five minutes from Junction 11. Um, do get in touch if you're looking for some office space. We've got three more very fantastic offices still to let. Cool. And then are you signed up for our newsletter? If you want to see more of all this type of stuff, tips and tricks, um, invites to our site tours and our open days, um, be the first to get notified by signing up to our monthly newsletter over on our website. Yeah, do let us know in the comments if there's anything that's you know, really you're really struggling with in your business at the moment. And hopefully, you know, we've either gone through that process ourselves or we can have some insight for you to help guide you through. So, yeah, thanks for everyone that has watched today. Jack, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to, uh, to no, say. No, all good. We've, we've heard enough of uh, my voices. Thanks for the comments. Good to have you on, James. Good to have you on, Jason. I'm sure we'll pick up a call later on, well, over the weekend or... You might be enjoying the uh, King's Coronation, but thanks for, for everyone. We really do appreciate questions and people tuning in. And we do get a lot of verm, verbal face-to-face -face, um, comms about how people are enjoying this. And it makes it all worthwhile pulling it all together and doing it. So I really appreciate the followings on this. Yeah. Have a great weekend, everyone. Speak to you soon. See ya. These live Q&A episodes are all about helping you grow your business and build a property portfolio that provides financial wealth. If you have specific topics that you'd like us to discuss, make sure to comment on the platform you're listening on or email info at xpproperty.co.uk so that we can discuss your topic in future episodes. And if you found these conversations valuable for growing your business, make sure to click that follow button and we'd really love for you to tell just one person about us. Thank you.